All right, man. So we've had a lot going on lately, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, you and I, the pod, the page, the Christmas, Christmas. Christmas. Kamala Harris, um, social media team. Yeah. Um, they Kamala are they are on to us. Mm. They Kamala got to our Harris, number. Kamala, Kamala. I don't know. Kamala Harris. Camelot Harris, um, precisely. Some sort yeah, of like, commentary on how she's practically a Kennedy? I don't know. She she is a Kennedy. She is actually Kamala Harris Kennedy. Yeah, right, right. That's why Camelot Harris, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's what you want to say? Uh, well, it was just leading into this. Mm. Please bear with me here. Um, but... With all this going on, all this stress and pressure we've been on under, you know, trying to get the podcast working. Well, I've been talking to my therapist a lot. Mm. And I, I, you've said I should, so keep that yeah. in mind as I, as I get to the rest <laughs> of this, okay? I will. This is, this is on your recommendation. It is on me. Uh, anyways, she says I need to start being more assertive for myself, and she's been telling me about these things called uh, I statements. I don't know mm. if you have them. South of the border. <laughs> I, south I don't of think... the uh, Rio Grande River. I don't think we have come up with the technology, no. no. You, um, you should be careful well, about that shit. You could start a cargo cult or something. <laughs> <laughs> I statements, okay. Yeah. Well, there are these tools to, you know, foster assertive dialogue as opposed to passive and aggressive dialogue. Mm. Right, right. And so I wrote one for you. <laughs> um, Alejandro. Yo. I feel <laughs> that you do not respect my heritage <laughs> as a um, as a gringo American. <laughs> Right, right. When you tell me that there are more cheeses in the world <laughs> than Swiss, cheddar, and the shit they put in Velveeta, it... And see, you're laughing right now. It, <laughs> sorry, it, sorry, no, it no, no. Feels, it feels like you are belittling me. And that you do not respect the rich palate I have mm. inherited from my Irish ancestors who were probably slaves after being pushed beyond the River Shannon by Oliver Cromwell and the Roundheads and who are known for their famous dishes of beer and potatoes <laughs> and what I presume is Velveeta. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> And furthermore, I also get upset when you tell me that there are more genres of Mexican music than mariachi, which I have not seen any evidence for, and that what? my people pronounce the famous desert as Mojave, when clearly there are video games that prove this is not the case, such as the 2009 classic Fallout New Vegas. It's available on Steam. It's cheap, guys. You should, you should check it out, really. Yes, well, I like it when my foreign friends rep respect the heritage of my people, which is not at all built on slavery and the exploitation of other people in this world, but mm -hmm. in actuality, mm -hmm. comes from such rich things like the noted anti-Semitism of Second World War propagandist Walt Disney mm -hmm. and the seminal hit Steamboat Mickey. Mm -hmm. No, I do not know what seminal means, but that's beside the point. 
I'm and <laughs> things like Coca-Cola, which has never murdered organizers of their workers, mm. and the Covington Catholic High School. Go Colonels. Maybe in the future, right. we can work together on respecting all cultures equally, <laughs> but mostly just mine, because you have a lot of context for that already, and my dad is going to Mexico City for reasons that aren't entirely clear. Mm. So, you know, between the two of you, I think my bases are covered. Right. Please stick with me on this so that, inshallah, our <laughs> friendship and partnership as a revolutionary media conglomerate can continue into the future until the return of the hidden imam, mm. Muhammad al-Mahdi, <laughs> who is gloriously guiding the Iranian people into mm. the 40th year of the Islamic Revolution as brought to us by Imam Khomeini mm. and the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps under General Qasem Soleimani. Uh, and that's all I have to say. Right. Well, okay. Look, you you raised a couple of of good points, and then you you also talked for a while after that. <laughs> and and all I ha all I gotta ask you, Ben, is uh, that's all very well and good, but what about Venezuela? What about Venezuela? <laughs> I mean, really, dude. How, how do you expect me to take you seriously if you cannot, if you don't have a counter meme for that? But Uzula, <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. I don't know, man. I I might have to abandon socialism at this rate. Right, Ugh, right. We got mm -hmm. Venezuela going. Uh, Venezuela is going. I mean, well, actually, just before we fired up this contraption, our our machine, our our fascist killing machine, I this machine, right, quite right. I. I'm looking at an article posted by my alma mater, uh, the UNAM, UNAM, <laughs> UNAM, UNAM, the University of Mexico, and and it's it's this guy Carlos Manuel Lopez, some sort of Latin American and Caribbean expert that's saying, nah, it's all it's all a big bluff, nothing's gonna happen. You said he's a caravan expert. Uh, no, I say he's a Caribbean expert, and I would like, <laughs> appreciate okay. I would appreciate you not conflating the two. <laughs> study. Well, when you put that in the form of an I statement, I will address <laughs> it. Um, right, but uh, the the. But at that rate, mm -hmm. we should do a formal introduction if you haven't figured this out somehow. Right, like the, the big this thing is. is this machine kills fascists. Well, I mean, you you downloaded downloaded this. This isn't actually radio. I know it's called this machine kills fascist radio, JD, but it's not actually radio. People don't just stumble upon this. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a little worried if you're if at this point you're still a bit confused about how how uh, this works out. But I have such a good like AM trucker radio name. Breaker breaker. Um, look, man. <laughs> 10-4, good buddy. Uh, yeah, this is This Machine Kills Fascist Radio. I am doing this introduction whether he likes it or not because I did an I statement and someone else cannot phrase their wants um, in an appropriate form of conversation. Right, well. I'm J.D. Merceau. With me trying to speak over me <laughs> is Alejandro Manzano. This um, asshole, yeah. Donald Trump this has made again. us entirely throw out the fucking script for tonight, so we're playing it by ear, guys. Look, um, it's, it's actually good because we can report, we can confirm, can confirm with all districts reporting that God is real. 
because we that's that's a fact because we you heard it here first <laughs> hopefully not <laughs> but <laughs> when it will be a weird form of for revelation to take right um <laughs> we are the burning <laughs> we are the archangel jibril <laughs> uh, fucking we hadn't been able to to get together to coordinate out our schedules to to do an episode but the day we did uh, all hell breaks loose right like the venezuela story goes into overdrive maximum okay. <laughs> I, yes i believe the geopolitical term is maximum overdrive yeah we and, and suddenly we have to we have been catching up to a, a, a lot of shit that's being thrown at us a lot of takes a lot of <laughs> a lot of end caps a lot, well i <laughs> All the lonely and caps. Where do they all come from? I'm telling you, man. They they have a group somewhere. They maybe maybe have a Discord, and they shared this page. Oh, they definitely have a Discord. It's only fascists and libertarians <laughs> use the Discord. And they're like, we we want to reclaim Woody Guthrie somehow and appropriate him. And and these guys, <laughs> these are these guys are in our way. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna take out the. The meme page that has less followers than um, Henry and friends. How many how many followers does does, does Henry have? Um, I gotta explain Henry, right? I mean, can you? <laughs> Is it possible? Uh, yeah. So, well, I'm gonna fucking try. Uh, as of the time of this podcast, Henry, who um doesn't be good with spelling mm. has um 8116 followers we're, we're on not Twitter. so far behind uh-huh. we're we're catching up we're we're coming for you, <laughs> but for those not in the know henry or henry is a uh, delightful bear who i believe well, his his Twitter profile, which I have in front of me, says he's from the United Kingdom Central South Coast, which Central um, Coast. from the one person I know from the area yeah. is Southampton. But whenever she talks, she kind of sounds like this, and all the words come out like she's a fucking farmer or something. That's, that's <laughs> um, your, your guy from from Southampton, Southampton. Or are you talking about Henry? I can't. I can't do. I can't. Well, no, I can't do English <laughs> accents. I can do a Northern Irish accent, but what's the I difference, though? Hey, hey. <laughs> 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 we can't. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't kill me. No, I'm, I'm not. Sir Shagaja. Mm. Tories go home. Protestants go home. Hey. Um. But Henry is a delightful stuffed animal with a, he has a tag on he has a tag on the stage right ear which I guess is the left ear yeah. <laughs> yeah and I don't mean to say I guess I was in drama I know which ear yeah. is which on stage that's right one of the things that drama but, kids get to know that we simple mortals can't you know sides <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Uh, but he runs such things on Twitter with other stuffed animals or occasionally pets who also have their Twitter accounts for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, like Tweet Choir or Hashtag uh, Tweet Choir and has- 
And oh, I know I've told you about this, but our followers do not know about our main rival, Henry mm. and Friends. And um, hashtag keep fits. Where uh, basically what it is, it's from what I can understand, it's like a bunch of like boomer English people. Right. And... Who type in what I assume is like baby talk for the English. <laughs> That's a horrifying um, proposition. They RP as these stuffed animals and or pets. Mm. Uh, Henry seems to be the uh, the ringleader, <laughs> the general secretary. <laughs> the <laughs> leader of the pack. Of this movement. Brother number he one. Organizes brother number one. He is, he is my sole brother, <laughs> if you will. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I should. <laughs> And anyway, this is the part where we kill fascists, right? This is the bit that does the killing. And he's probably a fascist because he... We're not going to kill him. Mm. I, that would remove the competition, and we can't have that. Right. And he mostly just skips around with a lot of ellipses that aren't even in like the proper grammatical context i will be posting an example of this you're, you're gonna make me put him on the well, thumbnail right that's that's gonna be us from maybe. now on uh, we we are kind of like henry we run the pack <laughs> but no anyways that's entirely just this bizarre thing that we are somehow less popular than them right now. So with being. that in For the time mind, being. do you know how Pravda used to to talk, to refer to Khomeini as the current president and talk about like the like for the moment president and so on? I saw that some somewhere. Like that was a way uh, the the Soviets threatened the 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 Ayatollah for a while. Wait, they referred to him as, as the president. The current president, or for now, the president. I don't even know if he like ever held the office of president. Mm. No, like he he officially, and this is important <laughs> because before we get to the shit that's really going down, um, we are in the middle of the forty-year uh, celebration of the glorious Iranian Revolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I, I should I I'll insert some sort of sound effect for that. We'll figure something out. Um, maybe a Grito del Mariachi. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that should be our sound effect. We just have should. a soundboard, and it's just Grito del Mariachi. Yeah, it's been 40 years, basically. I think it was last week. Uh... Yeah, a week a week from today we are recording this on the twenty third of January, Eastern Standard Time. Mm -hmm. Um, that Mohammed Reza Pahlavi, the uh, Shah of Iran, left for Egypt, officially claiming that he was going on vacation and medical treatment. Mm. A day, um, a day before. Today, the twenty-second of January of nineteen seventy. He was like some sort of entertainer he guy, right? Egypt. He was like a, a showman. 
He yeah. was a showman, the uh, showman, if you will. <laughs> I don't know if I would, if I would, but okay. Uh, the uh, he entertained a lot of people in the uh, Savak prisons. Hey. Um, yeah, no, the day before today in 1979, he left for Egypt, and um, on Wait, February 1st, it was Egypt, as in. Or no, he left. He, uh, he left Egypt. For but anyway, he he oh, he was exiled in Egypt, is what you're saying. He he left Egypt and Morocco. Egypt and Morocco, um, apart from Saudi Arabia, were at the time perhaps the most uh, Western friendly of incredibly reactionary states. Mm. Uh, to the point where Iran hated Egypt so much. <laughs> that they named a street after right. <laughs> uh, my boy the absolute unit Khalid al-Islamuli <laughs> the uh, the man who shot in war you know I think we're throwing a lot of shit at our listeners right now who, who the fuck are these people are any of this <laughs> any of this and war Sadat of course being uh, he um, died who signed the Camp David Accords with Israel, which was the first, or perhaps most like prominent. I don't know. I don't know what position Jordan took at the time, so don't quote me on saying it was the first, but the most prominent peace accord hmm. with Israel. And basically, everyone in the Middle East hated him. There was a prompt on screen that said everyone disliked that. There was a prompt on the screen that said everyone just like that. He lost <laughs> right. approval. Um, he got God for his troubles. Um, his companions, they all left the party except for like the mm. two or three that were flagged as essential. <laughs> um. Anyway, so. Huh? Uh. Yeah. No. Um. <laughs> to sum up, Anwar yeah. Sadat a traitor to the Palestinian people. Right, so with that uh, short diversion out of the way, we will to the demonstration, to to the, to the demonstration of, of God's existence, right? Because we were talking about, I, I had this whole thing planned about talking about the, the situation in Mexico right now and the history of the Mexican left, trying to, to talk about each thread, you know, social democracy, the indigenous movement, the guerrilla movement, the communist parties and so on, the labor movement, and then, then, it's just like, just this morning as we were getting prepared to, as, as, as I was, you know, getting everything together, I even showed you, like, I had a script and everything for once. <laughs> yeah, he, he showed me his notes, I started taking <laughs> notes because we were going to tie it into this whole thing about unions and you know the government shut down in the united states it was kind of great but but then but no. life happened life comes at you fast it turns out life and comes at you fast. there's a lot of shit going down in venezuela you may you may already know about this but um short version of it is the national assembly which is the legislative body the national level legislative body of venezuela has well, it's one of them, wouldn't you yeah, say? Yeah, I mean, I guess I should. <laughs> it was the, the one that was um, already existing before the opposition got to control of it, and the opposition has for many years now been one of the most radical, 
uh, set of political parties in the world, right? Like, they... absolutely, they are Marxist Leninists. <laughs> no, I mean that <laughs> they, um, actually, they are a uh, sister party to the Communist mm. Party of Greece who, as we know, is the sole upholder right, of the right. correct line they, of socialism. I, I meant radical as in. <laughs> they have had for something like five years now a line of openly calling for the overthrow of Maduro. You may have... Oh, no, they're fucking... They're they, fucking you may have heard about Leopoldo López, who used to be the big opposition darling, he ran for president and so on. He's currently on their... Funded by the CIA. Uh, most openly by the State Department, this whole National Endowment for Democracy thing. He He's currently under house arrest and banned from politics because in 2014 he bet it all on, on Operación La Salida, Operation Exit, as in exit stage, right? Right? <laughs> they stage right. If you remember what we said a few minutes <laughs> hey, ago. Callback. Um, this fucking guy, he went on national television and he called on people to to take to the streets and fight. Like, right, to fight and kill and be ready to die. That's, those are almost <laughs> entirely his, um, almost precisely his words. And he lost. He didn't get to overthrow the, the socialist government. You know, we can argue about what socialism even means for literally centuries. <laughs> People have been ar arguing about this. But right now, I think that if you look at the history of Latin America, that we have been doing that <laughs> for for four episodes now, right? Um, for, for most, most of, of the podcast. Of what we've put, been putting out there. It just keeps <laughs> happening. I just... I, I can't control I have all these other ideas guys but then but I get on mic <laughs> every time it just, just fucking comes back to Latin America and what Alejandro wants hey. to do That's, is that a nice statement uh, it's, you know, he, uh, <laughs> that is not a nice statement I'm sorry Alejandro I feel wrong well I feel wrong when, when, you feel wrong oh when, you feel wrong <laughs> <laughs> global politics <laughs> align themselves with the imperialist well, violation of Latin America. Look, man, um, if you look at the, at the history of, of the region, right, you know that, that there is a, a sustained pattern for the last 150 years of the United States intervening directly whenever de political developments on the ground don't align with, with its interests. Literally, whenever it does not matter how radical this pro the program of the person mm -hmm, of power mm -hmm. is, or if it's just like, hey, maybe stop killing our yeah, unions. Yeah, the, the, one of the most egregious examples, but not, not very well remembered nowadays, was in Guatemala, in the early 1950s. I'm gonna look for the year, right? The second. Uh, uh, 54. The Jacobo Arbenz. Pretty sure we went over yeah, our bands before. He tried to do some mild land reform that was going to affect the um, United Fruit Company, and he got overthrown in a mercenary invasion. Right? That's pretty much the same model that the United States tried to apply with the famous 
Bay of Pigs invasion, and that failed that time. Uh, successfully applied with a. Uh... Mr. Allende. Well, this wasn't exactly a mercenary invasion, but yeah, there was uh, with Allende. It was a more sophisticated, multimodal thing. Where what are what are fascists but mercenaries uh, with ideals? Um, that's that's a, a, an interesting proposition. <laughs> mercenaries with ideals. Anyway, um, the point here being the point up. here being the, when 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 they overthrew Allende, you. You have the interplay of economic sabotage, economic warfare, a lot of propaganda, daily, daily, daily propaganda. You had mass mobilizations of the middle classes, the right-wing middle classes, and you know, and and grad, uh, you had infrastructure sabotages and a growing, um, uh, how, how you say, uh, environment of tension that eventually could only be resolved, you know, well, uh, with a, a coup, <laughs> so to speak, with a, a, a strike, with um, an attack by either side. With the violent overthrow of a democratically elected leader that eventually read, led to the murder and repression of thousands, if not well, the millions. Well, the oppression of, of millions, we're, we're talking about tens of thousands. Uh, the number is, the exact number is disputed, but the fact of the matter is, I, I I don't know the population Both, of Chile. Uh, I'm sorry. Chile and Argentina, with its their respective dictatorships, they both have actual fucking concentration camps in the Patagonia. That's you know when when we talk about military dictatorships, uh, picture the concentration camps. Picture how people are yet still today going out into the desert in those places and they are finding bones or bits of bones you know whatever was left after the military when they got to hand over power peacefully dismantled the camps but you know they're a bit sloppy it's actually really disturbing because they they went through their own camps with bulldozers bulldozers right and the people who who have been going out and searching for it they they know the the pattern the pattern of how how the bulldozers move and they know that earth is spilled to the sides of the great big um, you know the scooping part <laughs> and as and following that pattern is how you you can find the bits of bones that were left from the mass graves that were taken out there's actually a good documentary uh, about this uh, Lucy Silenciosa something like Silent Light. It should be translated as Silent Light. Um, yeah, there's a soft... It should be. I mean, I, I know... It may not be, but it should be. Right? Um, no, actually, sorry. <laughs> I got it wrong. Uh, that's another movie. Um, but yeah, the, the point being... Um, but there, there's a sustained pattern of imperialist intervention in Latin America, right? So, and it doesn't matter whether the government is quote-unquote real socialism. I know that that uh, in the page and on other episodes of the podcast, we can sometimes come off as, as something like left-wing hipsters <laughs> that not... Which is not <laughs> entirely wrong. Right, it's not... Um, not entirely wrong and it's not like it's not like 
I mean, we are aware of the fact that <laughs> we are hardly ever um, happy with with what with the political offers out there. But but when it comes to a situation like this, and we'll get into it um, in more detail. But something that I wanted to say right out of the gate, and <laughs> it's only half been half an hour. <laughs> I it's that is that. Oh, it's gonna be a long episode. We might have yeah. to post this okay. in two parts. Um, we might, but not the point. Well, we'll edit this out <laughs> around half. Point an hour. being, the fucking the first thing that that should be said about this crisis, like from a political standpoint, is that U.S. imperialism has a history of turning out badly <laughs> for the people who have quote unquote benefited, who have been been Kel fucking surprised. Who have been quote unquote liberated, right? By its its action. And it is really a no brainer for anyone with a from from a left wing perspective to oppose any intervention that may come as a result of these developments. I, I know that I said that I had just seen some experts saying that ah, it's gonna be okay. And some people are are taking that position and and that's fine. I hope they're right, but I also find it kind of naive, <laughs> if I may be excused, right? I mean, uh, and I I think you should be excused there because look, and I I really do hope that most people know this, but in two thousand two, there were protests from a conservative trade union, which I do not have on me. Hmm in Venezuela. Those protests became violent as they clashed with uh, the Bolivarian circles, which mm -hmm. were, I don't want to say paramilitary, but they were armed supporters yeah, they of were the militias, revolution. You know. uh, they, yeah, they, they were militias. They were, I would say, I mean, they were basically counselors. El Botón de Nácar right? is the name of the of like, the documentary I was thinking about. I'm gonna link it on the description. But yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, they were they were councils. They were the beginnings of what is now what are now communes that can sometimes run, you know, neighborhoods, buildings. They have cooperatives, and Maduro started out um, supporting them a lot. And many new communes were made when he first came in. But he seems to have kind of given up on that. Uh, we, we, um, we should be supportive of of <laughs> a legitimately democratic government that, for all its faults, and and look, I've I've seen some people now on Twitter on left hook going like, oh, you shouldn't even acknowledge that they have faults. You shouldn't even make that concession. And look, guys, there, <laughs> that that whole that that type of praxis I, I think you know the unequivocal support only worked when only kind of worked when you had like the Soviet Union right when when it was an actual superpower uh, when when you had when you had sags to pick but there there aren't necessarily sides we can just automatically come with and that's why I want to talk just a tiny bit about 2002 and the coup d'etat right. that <laughs> nearly went down there because after these clashes with the 
Boulevardian circles, which were based off of experiences in other countries like Akuba and mm. um, Burkina Faso. These um, armed militias representing work, workers' councils clashed with people and factions within the military. This was early into the uh, yeah. Chavez came into power Chavez. in '99. This was 2002. And clashes with the military eventually turned into an era coup d'état. I mean, according to some people. Chavez even even was ready to, to surrender basically, but a uh, a military officer whose name I do not have. <laughs> Great on journalism me. right here. Um, excellent journalism prevented that from happening. But what's important to note about two thousand two because this colors the next almost twenty years up to the present. Of Venezuela and American relations is that the CIA, and you can look this up, proven to know and basically gave the green light to the overthrow of Hugo Chavez's government three years into their election. Um, a lot of this was uh, given by. A figure that I love, and I told you a little bit about earlier, um, the CIA agent who became special advisor to uh, Bush the second, mm. George W. Okay. Elliot Abrams, which ties in nicely with the other country where we have and will talk about Iran, because he was involved significantly in the uh, Iran-Contra affair where the United States government sold weapons to Iran to fund the Contras, which was largely yeah, done we, through we Israel. We touched on this on a previous episode. I... Yeah, we went... We have, that now, yes. we have like <laughs> three out of the four episodes about Central America, <laughs> which is great, I mean, but still. We will talk about something else eventually, I'm sure. But, no, my boy Elliot Abrams, who uh, is now a senior fellow on the Council mm. on Foreign Relations, <laughs> which is one of my favorite things. the best. Things. Hell yeah, too. <laughs> and uh, the, the United States, um, it was founded by David Rockefeller, oh, a couple guys. other people, and... Um, good upstanding... Good good people um <laughs> hey they were good people you know i mean you had uh you had david rockefeller you had uh alan dulles who was uh the brother of john foster dulles you know that that guy that that guy with the kutzboe who ran the uh what you call it the state department united fruit company you know i want my bananas i want them cheap and you know these these Guatemalans, they just they just keep protesting. And I'm like, hey, what's the matter with you? Just just chillax, sister. Take a chill pill. And uh, nah, they just keep protesting. So mm. what are you gonna do? But just topple their <laughs> government? Because then they'll cool down. And you know what? They don't cool down. I got a cousin in the cement industry, and 
Let me tell you what, Guatemala <laughs> got a lot of lakes, if you know what I mean. A lot of fish. Um, nah, a lot of yeah. fish you might uh, sleep with if you catch my drift. But yeah. So, Council on Foreign Relations, this guy, Elliot Abrams, gave the green light to the coup d'etat in Venezuela, but that's not all he's done. <laughs> he is uh, he is great. It's a slight derailment here, but I want you to know the type of people we are facing as opposition <laughs> because they are hilarious. There's an Alan Moore and quote, right? Like, but also hilarious. If you if if people just knew just what kind of bumbling idiots actually run the CIA, <laughs> because the the great achievement though, the greatest achievement of the CIA is convincing everyone that they are fucking God, right? <laughs> No, they just overthrow yeah. this shit. Anyway, go enemies. on. Yeah, no, we're talking about a guy here who, during the Iran Contra affair, tried to get money from mm, the uh, Sultan of Brunei. Brunei? I think it was. Fine. Uh, <laughs> that's how we're going okay. to say it. Probably fake, uh, anyway. All, look, we have a lot of Thai fans. I don't know about Bruneiese fans. Bruneian. Right. <laughs> look, look, come at you me. You couldn't Brunei, take down Chavez. Right? <laughs> you couldn't Raggedy. take down Chavez. Raggedy ass you couldn't even take down yeah. Iran. Yeah. Yeah, what the fuck? If you're, mm. you're a poor man's Malaysia. I like Singapore, but without anything interesting. You're like a Bhutan, but without the weird hippy dippy bullshit, gross national happiness hiding the fact that you routinely right, deport um, people to Nepal. You guys, everyone listening out there, if you're lost, if you're feeling a little lost, lost right now, that's okay, I'm right there with you. <laughs> This guy, he just goes off about <laughs> fucking Muslim Indian in, Indian Ocean countries, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, Himalayas, yeah. dude. That drinks a bell. That drinks some sort right, of ancient uh, right fucking Nepalese bell, yeah. The, the, <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> they have on the no. Bhutan flag. Um, they have this whole thing about gross right. national happiness, but at the same time, the uh, main resistance to the government are these Maoists formed in oh, Nepalese refugees. refugee camps. Refugees are like prime Because resources. Because we don't Chin. Will we? And we will get to that too. But Bhutan routinely kicks out just anyone they think is a dissident. Gross. Their gross national happiness, which is the fucking president. Or king or prince or Sultan, whatever the fuck they have. It's his answer to like the fact that they have a shit GDP because <laughs> it's fucking Bhutan and all they have is yaks. Um, and also I think a lesser think. school of Buddhism. Um. Yeah no. But yeah, no no I'm I'm not gonna cut <laughs> your lifeline. You you about... finish this point. You started down this road, Joe man. <laughs> <laughs> I have to, I have to fish myself. So, so um, right. my uh, my boy Elliot Abrams, uh, with the Sultanate Brunei, he around the time of the Iran Contra affair, hits up Brunei for money for whatever mm. reason to fund the Contras. 
I, I, they must have been pretty desperate at the time. <laughs> Just, hey, anyone want to give money to hey. the Nicaraguan fascists? Please help. Call he now to help. adopt a mercenary. <laughs> like the ones you see on screen. <laughs> You'll get a package. 15 minutes. And you too can adapt, adapt adopt. You got a desk. picture of the village they burned down. <laughs> Operating from the hills of Guatemala. In the background, they've got mm. that uh, fucking Sarah McLaughlin song playing. In the arms yeah, yeah. of an angel. <laughs> that's one of the People that's part of that. the sources. Um, um so yeah. Uh, no, but... Anyways, so fucking Brunei. I'm gonna tell the story if it fucking I make kills me. Make it me, but fine. <laughs> I'm gonna make it through this year. <laughs> so. Brunei, <laughs> uh, in the direction of our boy Elliot Abrams, who gave the green light for overthrowing Venezuela, the process which we are seeing today, sent the money <laughs> into the wrong Swiss bank account. <laughs> The Contras, the uh, fucking just fascist murderers and thugs and mercenaries from our recent episodes, <laughs> they didn't see shit of it. Uh, this guy Abrams never apologized for that, but the one thing he did apologize for was his support of a Saudi prince mm. slash all-around swell guy mm. and yacht aficionado, Mohammed oh. bin Salman for calling him uh -huh. and this is a direct quote oh an enlightened despot that's a uh, good look you know the uh, term that we use back in the age of enlightenment for everyone who would murder their opposition <laughs> but be like yeah artists mm -hmm, you're cool mm -hmm. now you can just do your thing uh, he, uh people who got like Torture this dungeons. Is my favorite part. Professional group. rapists, but would also go see Mozart every once in a while. <laughs> they, would, they would go see Mozart, and uh, maybe they would, like, not maybe. kick the Jews out of their country. <laughs> maybe. But this is from a quote on mm -hmm. a Washington Post article I read on him today. I read by him today. Uh, on Mohammed bin Salman. His detention of many very rich Saudis in the Riyadh Ritz-Carlton Hotel until they pay ransoms mm. was apparently popular in the kingdom mm. because it was widely believed these few of these men... What, you, you mean as opposed to being, what, a roving band ransoms. of religious fanatic nomad bandits who got <laughs> supported by the British Empire? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> As, as opposed to literally just being proxies <laughs> of Lawrence of Arabia and the fucking whatever bullshit monarch Edward the 80th at the time was like, yeah, you'll fuck the Ottomans over, won't you? Which is also how, like, maybe a third of Middle Eastern countries this actually was, this got This was going to be the emergency Venezuela call to action podcast. We're we you just said no, Lawrence we of will, Arabia. We'll get back to Venezuela. How a... did this happen? <laughs> I blame you. I am always, I am always prepared to throw down a Lawrence of Arabia. 
But this guy says those ransoms were equivalent mm. to the taxes they had never paid. As his criticism of the enlightened despot, a la Louis the Fourteenth, le mm-hmm. roi soleil mm-hmm. de France. That, that means the sun king of... Is that these people do not pay their taxes, and so he just imprisoned them in a hotel until they paid a ransom. Which is actually pretty dope, and I probably mean, the one good thing. Those Muhammad taxes probably went towards <laughs> bombs <laughs> throw, thrown at Yemeni hospitals, right? But, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, on the other hand, those taxes, like, definitely either just <laughs> bought him another yacht, or just straight up fucking your <laughs> murked some Yemenis. Like, just a couple of villages just. Right. Wiped so, out so that's cholera. one part of it of the coup. Another another character which we should probably mention now that which we brought up the yeah. 2002 coup attempt is Pedro Carmona. He was the president of Fede Cámaras, which is like you know the Federation of Chambers of Commerce in in Venezuela. And if you don't know what a chamber of commerce is, or if you were an American and know that a chamber of commerce exists. But you don't know what it does. No, it's neither do I. But I know that it's bad because I've never heard a single person talk about. Like, yeah, it's, I'm running for It's the um, the League of Injustice, <laughs> you know, where when you had like Lex Luthor and Man Ray and all the other bad guys and the Joker for some reason, all get together to talk about how they were gonna kill the super friends. That's that's the Chamber of Commerce. That's it's um. Hmm? Tank shopping. Uh, Tank shopping. Uh, shopping. He would be one of the super villains. <laughs> yeah. Right, they're. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like I, I just can't pronounce his name. Right. It's like Tang. It's like Tang shopping. Uh, we had someone on on air on our list that could actually uh, pronounce this Pedro for us, Carmona, who has the, he flaked the out. Chamber of Commerce is, is like the union but for businessmen like the, the the association of businessmen who pressure the government you know the, the most the nearest thing we have right oh, the, yeah. the no, there we go. donkey dong shopping Dan the nearest, nearest thing we have to the actual bourgeoisie getting all together and saying yes we are in fact a certain class and we have our own interests that's the Chamber of Commerce, and they take dif- different names in every country. In Venezuela, in 2002, it was Fede Cámaras. In Mexico, you have the Coparmex, and so on. You have to to squint a little sometimes to see it. In Saudi Arabia, right, <laughs> Dar el right. Sab. And Pedro the, uh, Carmona, he's famous because he was he was like a, a, a prominent businessman, right? He was a leader of an of the Businessmen Association. But he, he wasn't there. So was um, right. uh, Mr. Leopoldo Lopez. The, or his, his father was. His father was like a representative of like Kraft. Like the mac and cheese people. Fascist street violence. <laughs> brought brought to you Venezuela. by Kraft. <laughs> Kraft, it's not really cheese. Kraft, mac and cheese. <laughs> anyway. Um, 
Pero his whole thing is like he's famous because he appeared on television wearing a bulletproof vest, having taken over the National Assembly and declaring the government over. And you know, when people saw that, um, it was something out of the 20th century. It was still 2002, you know, so it wasn't really all all out of, of whack, but it was certainly something out of the Cold War. Like in Latin America, I, I, I know people right from from all over the continent and they would tell me that for all their lives whenever you were you you would usually listen to the radio right and and both out of the, the fact that it was like the the entertainment available but also because at any given moment uh, radio programming might just suddenly cut to the national anthem and that's how you knew that's how you knew to hide if you have <laughs> if you were in a position of, of any kind or if you had been involved in some sort of left-wing program because whenever the radio suddenly turns to the the national anthem that's how how you know there was a coup going on because one of the first things you do when you stage a coup take notes is to take over the <laughs> the media outlets right Ever since I've learned this fact, um, <laughs> hearing the national anthem just fucks me up. I'm like, oh shit, has it happened? Uh, are we doing this? Right. And it's always at like 11 o'clock in the morning, too. So I'm, like, I'm at work and just, oh fuck me, are we are we pulling a coup? <laughs> I'm putting my hand in my face right now. Big thing about the the 2002 coup is how it was resolved. You know, it, it looked to be all the world like like something out of out of the Cold War, and it, it was worse this time, right? Because there was no longer any Soviet Union, and Russia wasn't in any position to, to do anything about it, and China was, you know, kind of taking off, but not not quite. So um, they hadn't gone off, King. <laughs> yeah. So so what what was to be done? And Xi Jinping thought had not quite uh, taking hold. He wasn't blossomed into the glorious flower. He wasn't president, was. right? He was he was still, you know, playing courtesan politics intrigue with fucking Boshilai and shit. Around that time, uh, I imagine. Uh, um, point being, I don't want to talk about Boshilai. <laughs> um. It just it makes me sad. Can I point out while we um are talking briefly about the Washington Post and uh, <laughs> Mohammed bin Salman, the other article the Washington Post links mm. from the one I quoted mm. is called uh, or it's titled "Trump won't stand up to Saudi murderers. Mm. The p- private sector should instead." Oh, that sounds like a good idea. They uh, the famous private sector's opposition to everything that happens within Saudi Arabia. Right, right. right. Anyway, um, the big thing about about how it was how the the coup uh, got stopped is this was all on on one over the course of of one day, right? April April eleventh, two thousand and two. The Chavistas, the bol- circles, the Bolivarian circles you mentioned, they mobilized the people, right? They held a massive demonstration to the Miraflores Palace, which is the presidential palace, 
and they they rescued President Chavez, who was being held hostage by by the army. And as you said, legend has it that he was about to give up, and then the people came came back. Isn't there like a like a colonel or something who supported them? There's also the fact that there was a mutiny within the mutiny, right? Who that that it's a mutiny within a mutiny within a mutiny. It's my favorite mutiny. Who got up on the, on the roof? Ooh. Mira Flores Pass. That's a good reference. Um, <laughs> we're gonna make y'all look up that song at the end of the podcast. They, uh, but for the record, we liked Boots Riley and the coup before before all of this before the movie. Anyway, before the movie, remember <laughs> this? I was listening to them when I was like fourteen. The soldiers got up on the on, on the roof, and that's one of the historical pictures from that day. Also, um, that coup d'état is, is that coup d'état attempt is famous because of the way that <laughs> the fucking media, all close ranks as they always did, as they always have, behind the coup, right? And they they were portraying the the chavistas as, as you know, the bad guys, and. Which is why the um, the famous documentary and one you mm -hmm. should really watch because link it. I really loved it. Um, we we will link it. Um, and we'll also link the song. It's yeah. called. It's named after because also good. Um, gonna link like seven songs. <laughs> um, the revolution will not be televised. Yeah. Um, which was really entirely true because the. Chavista movement just had I don't want to say no press support but yeah. very little I mean the the message remove Chavez became I think it was like broadcast on TV mm -hmm. it became like the like headline of newspapers mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, people like were sent home on mass because because they thought they were you know t targets um catholic radio station catholic church radio stations i should say it was just like they shut down mm. just automatically mm. and it took forever i think i think from what i recall um it took forever for chavez to you know get the word out yeah, and, and it, he hadn't resigned. It bears mentioning that a lot of the stuff that that people in the United States are now only getting now familiar with about media warfare and propaganda and psychology psyops and so on. You know, we we that's out of the border. We know it. We have known it for a while now. None of that is news to us. Yeah, although I do want to say, as horrendous as it has been in South America and that it can't compare to anything that's happened within the United States. We have had this. It's just been more subtle until mm. lately. They haven't been confronted with, you know, the the specter haunting them, if you will. <laughs> right. It's, it's like um, like the, the media plays the, the part of, the, like, the... the, th the the realm of the realm of ideas, <laughs> the the thinking. Um, it does the thinking for the people, but then yeah, when no, the when, media has always gotten to play that part with us. Yeah, and and when 
And in, in Venezuela, in 2002, what, what they saw was a complete cognitive dissonance between what the, the quote-unquote mind of society, <laughs> you know, the media, was saying and what, what they were seeing. And that's when, you know, that's that's a key step, you know, when when, when people are used to, to thinking of the media as, as an extension of their brain, and then they start doubting it. Now, a lot of people are seeing this with this whole thing about fake news and shit, but it's not the same, right? To see to see a, a a coup unfolding and to see that you are pushing back against it and you are defeating it and the media and to, to turn to to the TV and the radio and have it say the complete opposite of what's going on in front of you. That's uh, has a way of emancipating you, I think. So absolutely, and I mean that is perhaps the one saving grace of a presidency under Donald Trump is that we can we can see that there's this cognitive dissonance mm, mm, mm. and we can see it's a, almost a three way cognitive dissonance between what you see unfolding what you see a media that is concerned with propriety that's concerned with Russia in mm. fact I, um, I think this was last night um, I heard whoever the fucking asshole that follows uh, what's her name you know the one I watch constantly Rachel, Ma- Rachel Maddow Rachel Maddow why? I, I don't know why I couldn't remember her name but I don't know why the guy I who follows <laughs> the fuck do I know her <laughs> the guy who follows Rachel Maddow was straight up just like is everyone in Donald Trump's social circle tied to Russia? Is that possible? Can we know? <laughs> you cannot disprove this statement. <laughs> and I was like, I fucking yes. I mean, why? Why that's, is this? That's the nature of global capitalism. Just like, people have deals I mean, I assume y'all are tied together. But there's, yeah, there's that guy mm-hmm. slash Rachel Maddow, the mm. props to Rachel Maddow, very really? briefly. She was very, very nice to our homegirl, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I I would be careful about that. She's, they're, they're probably but like she's grooming be, her. She's, they're she, trying to... She's, probably grooming her yes and it's probably gonna go worse from here on out but in that initial interview she let her speak and aoc fucking owned dude mm. she fucking she killed it she pwned them she didn't pwn shut the fuck up is kind of lame in, on its own i mean I, I was just just i was just going just and but fine <laughs> But what I'm get, what I was saying is, is this fucking we're at a three-way partisan world war, which is unique because we will probably not see that again. I mean, even Venezuela, it's fucking it was mm. the media versus Hugo Chavez. And now it's I don't even know if it's the media. I mean, I I read a very good uh, interview between. Um, a lady from Democracy Now, whose name I I'm gonna look it up. Amy Goodman. Amy Goodman. Dude. Amy Goodman. I, <laughs> this is, uh, I Hero of the Revolution. Amy Goodman. Yes. Dick. 
<laughs> arrested at Standing revolution. Rock. <laughs> Amy Goodman. Yes. Amy Goodman. Um, oh, damn it. <laughs> uh, she she spoke to uh, the Ford Minister uh, Venezuela Jorge Ariaza. Did I pronounce that right? I don't know. Let's say yes. Jorge Ariaza. And uh, our boy, our boy, um, our absoluto boy. <laughs> <laughs> Only serious commentary um, here. It came out, uh, this was a week ago. Welcome to a very sober podcast. To, yeah, no, to just move on to something from, from 2002, because I, I believe this is the ultimate transition here. Okay, show me, show me what you got, show me your segue. Go for it. I, I will show you my fucking segue. <laughs> um, because, no, I'm serious. A week ago, none of us were hearing shit about a, a Juan... Uh, Guido or Guido <laughs> or whatever. Um, hey, 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 hey. I'm overthrowing a democratically elected government over here. Hey. See, so, yeah. so yeah, no, he was speak. She was he or her was speaking out against yeah. uh, against John Guido. <laughs> and uh, uh, Ariaza says straight up most of Venezuela's media despite what you know western media will say outright is still open lots of them have gone bankrupt because you know they can't fucking get paper in there with the embargo the paper prices have skyrocketed mm. Which is absurd, considering paper is made from trees, but, you know, probably for the best, considering we need the fucking trees. Don't, don't, don't uh, lay that question on me right now, Joseph. I'm <laughs> just... I am the Lorax. <laughs> I do speak for the street. Uh, is, is there a Lorax left book page? There should be. There should be some sort of... Um, we will... Eco Whopped him into this machine kills fascists by the yes. end of the night. But so, and this is me quoting from the article. I'm going to start with Amy's, um, I guess, question. Natalie Southwick of CPJ said, quote, The disappearance of El Nacional's print edition is the latest casualty of the Venezuelan's government. Ever expanding campaign to silence critical reporting and limit the voices of independent media in the country. Ariaza replied, You know, before all this economic trouble and problems we have, we used to subsidize the import of paper for newspapers. Mm. And now, meaning after the sanctions, it's the private newspapers that have to import their own paper, and it's more expensive. That's what happened to El Nacional. But you can check the social networks, you can check Twitter. You can put in Google. You can you can Google kill Madero. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sorry if I mispronounced these uh, next two phrases. Matar a Madero, maldito some, Madero. Like that, yeah, Maduro. Madero. Mm -hmm. And it's all over the media in Venezuela, mm -hmm. the radio stations, TV, all of the opposition. Probably 70% of the media in Venezuela, which is private, and this is me speaking here, not Ariaza. 
most of Venezuela's media, like most of its economy, has not been nationalized. They have unfortunately not taken the steps to, you know, really bring their country into socialism. Yeah, to and that's that's part of what, what I was getting at earlier, right? Like, some people... And on specifically on you know cyberspace, they 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 take the easy way out. I feel of saying like, oh well, it's not really socialism because of X, Y, and Z because of this way. Um, fucking Marx defined it, or Lenin defined it, or and, or whoever the fuck um, you wanna um, go by, right? And it's like, yeah, but it's a democratically elected government that is taking, let's call it progressive policies right it is it Chavez's big thing was that he radically and dramatically increased the quali quality of life of the average Venezuelan through social programs funded by the by oil by the oil business by the absolutely the oil um, bonanza of the uh, of the mid oaks and you know for all the all the problems of that approach it certainly did you know <laughs> get vaccines to people it gave them food and shit and, and, and shelter you know, less people getting polio is good but like I'm saying and we will I will return to this in 20 seconds I promise I'm counting <laughs> thanks um, but he's saying 70% of the media in Venezuela I, I don't have figures on this I will trust him because that's a like that's still a pretty broad number mm -hmm. is absolutely private and this is not him but most of the media within Venezuela and I can cite sources on this as he says later on belongs to the traditional wealthy families of Venezuela which includes um the uh The Capriles, did I say that mm -hmm. right, family? The Golpistas, the, I mean, the, uh, the ones who backed the coup. The family of Enrique Capriles Verdansky, who was the main opposition leader before Lopez, and born to the guys who brought, you know, Kraft mac and cheese to fucking Venezuela. These are the same people who own the newspapers in Venezuela who are now bankrupt because they don't, they can't import their own paper. They can't do these things on the sanctions, but they're still being blamed on the Bolivarian Revolution mm. of the process of independence that has been slowly and perhaps not surely enough, as you will explain in much more detail and much more effectively, of just giving the people of Venezuela back the right to fucking own what they produce slightly more than some asshole at Citgo <laughs> working in a New York office. Mm. That's, that is, as Ariaza says, the Venezuelan revolution that is democratizing their society, democratizing the real human rights in Venezuela, the right to exist, as the Robespierre would say. Mm the right to use the wealth of oil which you know may have gone badly badly and the other natural resources of their country for the people as opposed to just some fucking wall street cabal yeah man that's 
what Venezuela has fought for, and I may have gotten a little bit heated there, but Benefit this is what the Bolivarian Revolution yeah. has been fighting for, and this is, they may not have accomplished that, and Alejandro, as I said, will get into this. <laughs> they have had these as their goals, and to attack that as not socialist enough or as authoritarian for a country that has been under siege basically since someone has stated their opposition to empire. It's absurd at best and it's the ultimate position of privilege at worst. <sighs> yeah, man. <They're> like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> that, um, this... Fucking yeah, um, uh, upper pointing upper arrow, pointing <laughs> arrow to that. Look, man, like you, you, you mentioned the the oligarchic families earlier, and you know, as bad as as racism in the United States is, and we do talk a lot a lot about that on the page, and we have brought it up on the podcast. There is racism outside of 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 the United States, you know, and it takes many forms, but in Latin America, it somewhat resembles uh, U.S. racism in, in that the ruling class is, in fact, white in, a, in very much the same sense as north of the border. And how uh, did uh, our boy Enrique, it looks like my boss, is <laughs> weird, actually. Uh, or, or, or is it or does it actually make <laughs> a lot of sense? Right, because... Do you think it would fuck with him if I showed up in that um, glorious Bolivarian jacket? Mm, I have one, but look, guys. What size are you? Uh, I, th I think was I was a medium when I got it. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> How tall are you? Uh, I don't know in inches. It's uh, 170. Uh, put it in meters. I'll look at it. 170 in centimeters? Yeah. Point being, when we talk about about the about oligarchies, oh, I am I am way taller. Than yeah, you. you're you're different fucking ethnicity. I get it. I'm, I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I I had no idea. I'm like I'm like five feet taller than you. Yeah. Or not five <coughs> five feet. Holy shit! Fucking just. Who's this? I'm, I'm just a casual, you know, ten seven. Um, right. Anyway, is this is this for the pod? <laughs> when we talk about racism in Latin America, we're we and we talk about the oligarchy. We are talking about people about fucking landowners. You know, people who who until relatively recently had slaves and who are used to just being, you know, the law <laughs> embodied onto onto a person, right? When we talk about, if you remember, I talked about colonialismo. Uh, within Brazil yeah. these are the same people basically yeah yeah I mean look at well, you, you you have Venezuela and next to Venezuela you have Colombia and when you look at some uh, at a place like Colombia uh, it's actually kind of similar to Mexico in that uh, left-wing politicians or politicians who dare to begin to propose or speak out about progressive ideas get murdered on the rage they they it's it's a it's a common thing and 
fucking mode down. Yeah, fucking environmentalists, journalists, human rights defenders, indigenous organizers. They are all uh, not Coca-Cola organizers, though. <laughs> if you remember the uh, intro, right? They're fine. They don't. They don't ever right. do anything like that. That would be absurd. And these people are are are, are actual like aristocrats, right? These families come from the fucking colonial times, and... No, they're literally Viscounts, like, some of them can actually trace their heritage back, not to Spain, but to the uh, peerage of Ireland <laughs> before the Catholics were kicked out. My... Uh, and they all moved to fucking, like, Argentina or non Barbados, so we were slaves in Barbados. Again, listen to the intro. <laughs> yeah, go back if you somehow skip to this part. Please don't ever ever cite us saying white people were slaves. I will I will block you. <laughs> okay. Point being my my point being but, that no, when we like uh -huh. these, these people go way back and it's absurd. They, they are the, the landed aristocracy, the landed gentry, um from way back in the day who are used to just beating and killing anyone who who gets in their way and and the alternative to something like Venezuela is something like Colombia or something like Mexico right where political murder is is commonplace it's just something that happens it's it, it, it's just what's done right and it's it's how you you rule is how you remain in power and so i bring this up because a lot of people, even people who call themselves progressives and so on, are laboring under the delusion that the... Sorry? No, yeah. Go on. Are laboring under the delusion that that the, the right wing of Venezuelan politics would, would institute some sort of more democratic order than that what is going on now and again some some fucking tanky may crucify me for this but really there are things to be said about maduro however the the fact of the matter is that the moment the venezuelan opposition retakes any real power they will in fact they will in fact begin a fucking extermination a, a wholesale slaughter of anyone who looks kind of leftish to them right that's just what they do that's what the that's, backlash that's is literally the history of latin america yeah we, we, since i mean not even since 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 before the existence of the united states is anytime some sort of localish leader takes power it it becomes a fucking murder and we can look to the United States for this, and I, I would urge you to look to the United States for this. Just within the past 10, 15, 20 years, I mean, if we went to Haiti, hmm. and the place is a <laughs> shit show, we went to Iraq, and the country collapsed, we went to Afghanistan, and women and children are just getting gone down left and right we went to Honduras and activists are getting murdered what what do you see what do you see I mean look back further in our history we went to Vietnam women and children and fucking 
not even fucking trees <laughs> could survive. This, do, this doesn't get brought up enough, but we, South Vietnam was a shit show. <laughs> South Vietnam was a shit show. I mean, you had a you, for a while you had a, a Catholic minority ru ruling over a Buddhist majority. Lesser school of Buddhism <laughs> they may have been. <laughs> you saw this just insane oppression of a minority. I mean, look at Afghanistan even before the Taliban took over. What happened there? You you overthrew the Soviets who were doing lots of things I don't agree with within Afghanistan. Because you're a fucking jihadist. But, uh, yeah, go on. Uh, well, I mean... <laughs> there are greater and lesser jihads, and I am committed to both of them. Uh, and we will get to those within this episode, because I'm not going to sleep before I fucking talk about Iran. Yeah, we may we may have to split this. You were right. Um. Anyway, I thought so. <laughs> but we go to Afghanistan, and he ushered in the most totalitarian, the most warped view of Islam, even even outside the Wahhabism of Saudi Arabia, that we bombed the shit out of Lebanon in the 80s, and Israel fucking invades. We go to Libya and murder fucking Gaddafi in 2011, 2012, and the country falls to shit, and no legitimate government can stand after this. We go to Syria. And the country just collapses. I mean, there is a pattern here. We, we, you know, well, I say we, but it it may sound hyperbolic, you know. Where I, I think that's what the the article I saw just before going live uh, was trying to get at, right? Like, oh, everyone's just overreacting. This is just, you know. Again, I don't think we actually stated what's going on, like. Like someone else, oh no, I think we did. Someone else declared themselves to be the president, and the and she literally just was like, "All right, so I am president of this." I am president in charge, uh, something like interim president. Legislature that does not have any legal legal power under the uh, democratically elected constitution of my country. Yes, this is at the end of a demonstration that was supported and and called for by Mike Pence on, on TV and on... Mike, shock the fuck out of your gaze, Pence. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's your leader right there. Um, you know, that, that brings me to, to a point that I want to make, which is that the first three countries to recognize this, this charade were fucking, of course, Brazil, which is Bolsonaro, uh, fucking also known as Bolsonazi and fucking Bolsonaro, also known as Bolsonazi, Bolsonazi, and like okay. the United can States, we, um, Trump, go back to Pence for a and, second. and Canada with Pence, Trudeau. Yeah, Pence um, personally bothers me as someone who self identifies as queer because mm. I, I can't stand gender binary as an American who identifies as queer even mm. he protests in Venezuela right now are being backed by the governor of Indiana a shit heel state 
that has produced nothing of value besides <laughs> Sean Cougar Man. We, we, we may have some Indiana listeners. So. Uh, well, uh, so does Chapo, but I have a better haircut than Chapo. Um, but Mike Pence, the governor of the great state of Indiana, wants to shock me the fuck into being straight, which is which is what they do in Guantanamo. Way that's, 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 that's literally what he wants to do. That's something you you would hear from yeah, from Abu Ghraib. That's that's actual torture. That's that's torturing that's you into into torture. Yeah, no. Getting negative associations from that's, from your fucking erections, man. That's that's what they did in Abu Ghraib when they weren't actually just fucking raping people. Right. And I wish I was saying that as a as a joke. I, I don't. I, I, would I, 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 I wouldn't. I wouldn't wish. No, no. I'm saying I, I would never joke about that. Uh, but I wish I could say it as a joke, because it's just that fucking awful. No, this is this is what the people backing the Venezuelan opposition, probably the Venezuelan opposition themselves, I mean, being such I mean, fucking loyal adherents of it stands to reason. the conservative right. We've brought this up before on, on other episodes, but I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go full sectarian here. Fucking Christian evangelism is a fucking tool of imperialism being spread like a cancer all over the fucking region and you have these fucking charlatans these, these actual in the flesh real life false prophets filling entire stadiums whipping people up into a frenzy talking to them about how gay people want to rape your children and you have to fucking kill them or, at, or if you're being merciful shock them into submission and no, they're they're fucking and it's growing like wildfire in the in the highest degree. And they are and these are the people. And they 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 are a pillar of the support of Bolsonaro. They are a pillar of the support of of the fucking Venezuelan opposition. They they were also heavily involved in in voting down the um, Colombian peace agreement in the referendum. It's a shit show, man. It's a shit show. They are the worst people, and you know pe uh, any Mexicans listening right now, <laughs> you know, there are some of you, I, I know, um, you know, should know better than to ally with them, <coughs> Morena and so on. But anyway, go on. Uh, uh, did you want to say something about else about this? No, I, I, no, all, all I wanted to say was just that these fucking monsters are backed by worse monsters that, like you said, I mean... These are the people that, not coincidentally, ally across the globe with the uh, international Wahhabist movement. Right, right, right. Because I mean, even if they, even if in the West they claim to represent, you know, the ideas of the Enlightenment, all of these people really want to do at the end of the day, apart from you know exploit us in every possible way economically is to murder people of color when they can to at least you know within the United States just you know fucking take out an Uzi or you know well no I will say an Uzi I was gonna I was gonna find a domestically <laughs> produced brand of um but the Uzi is, uh, is Israeli right 
But yeah, no, the, the Uzi is re- is Israeli, so um, that might be perfect. Actually, mm. it's just gun down brown people at the border, and right. just you know, and when they get their kicks from you know murdering enough people, they're gonna turn their attention inwards to, well, you know, people like me, you know, the, the, the... you know, the faggots of the world. <laughs> These are the same people who who pushed for and got the death penalty in Uganda, Uganda for uh, for homosexuality. They they did you hear about the interior minister of Bolsonaro, Brazil now, who said that Brazil under Bolsonaro was going to be a country where uh, boys were blue and kid, and girls were pink, right? say cool. me, meaning I mean, that <laughs> my, my grandmother said the same thing but it doesn't exactly make it fucking so yeah it's it's amazing <laughs> how you know that's that's kind of why uh, you know to bring bring back up some a controversial point <laughs> that i made on the page that uh that's kind of why i don't fuck with um really old school really stodgy fucking marxism leninism because it doesn't account for that kind of shit like the incel ideology of the alt-right is really just the latest form of this kind of christian of pseudo christian bullshit where where you're expected to to like aspire to become your own small (laughs) feudal lord and control your family unit and control them like as if they were some sort of cattle of yours and you had complete ownership of a fucking wife and a fucking este children and it's, just, it's literally just an aspiration of feudalism i mean we see that with ant caps is <laughs> all these people really want to be is they want to be feudal lords they want to decide everything that's possible within the, their domain and they're willing to accept you know a few common rules they're willing to you know donate troops to their liege lords you know fucking crusade <laughs> against the uh muslim men in egypt or whatever even though you know the french are attacking they're willing to burn witches at the stake and again i mean they're they're willing to fucking you know right and throw us faggots into the street right and, and huh? that's and that's the type of people that we are seeing around uh Guido or Guido. Guido, John John right Guido. Now. Look, I, I just I just want to finish this point. Like like John Guido. Even though uh, the <laughs> alumni of George Washington University. Just very quickly finish this this point. Like the even though conservatism on its face is fucking stupid, it's kind of brilliant the way it's it's been applied historically, right? Because it makes it so you have a vested interest mm-hmm. in preserving the state if you are. To rep- expected and and want to reproduce the state within your own especially, family especially unit. Especially the one you don't even have to have a vested vested interest in the state. You just want to be part of the state. Yeah, or you you want to make your own little state in the fucking family, and 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 so you you ascribe and defend um, fucking the most authoritarian ideology out there, right? And and that's why I think it's so illuminating, and it can help us all become, you know. <laughs> slightly better better allies or better feminists however you want to look at it to see the fucking interior minister of 
and practically an open fascist in Brazil. Say, uh, honestly, say that honestly, more, mm-hmm. more openly fascist than the United States. Yeah, and she's she's which is out there weird. saying that. Like, how did you out Trump? Trump. <laughs> well, Brazil is an amazing place. Hey, what can I tell you? Um. Any, like, Brazil, like in to conclusion, see, Brazil is a land of contrasts. Yes. To, to see, to see a, a, a fascist government minister go on, on in front of the, the world's media and say that a, a key goal of the government is to of their government is to do away with anything that may desta- destabilize, right, the family as the as <laughs> the fucking micro-scale reproduction of the state, right? Can I go on record here as saying one thing? Go on. Anyone who's listening to this, destabilize the fuck out of the family. Mm -hmm. Any sort of family unit unit that you do not necessarily, like, like feel a personal attachment to, tear the fuck down. The family unit, unit, as the fascists would have it, is the most unhealthy thing this side of straight up capitalism i mean the angles went off on this i could go off on this right like the the idea that, that as, the as a matter of and men, men are the, the less the I least mean, emotionally stable and intelligent punch people. your dad kiss <laughs> your hot cousin oh, okay wait no i, I don't support tell that tell your <laughs> uncle i i do kiss your hot Uh-oh. cousin tell your <laughs> uncle he's a piece of shit uh, buy your grandma a nice present while telling your grandpa that if he doesn't turn off Fox News, you're going to leave Thanksgiving. Oh. The family unit is toxic. Mm. But that's not the point of this episode. No, we've, been, we've been wildly off track. Fucking... This is not wild. <laughs> <laughs> point being, and anyone out there having second thoughts of, or, or trying to outthink their way out of having to be a, be a feminist ally or having to question toxic masculinity keep in mind that Bolsonaro made a point of having one of his cabinet ministers go on the record as saying boys blue girls pink is a policy it's like <laughs> federal policy also if I could find you and you, you said this was a good idea I would punch you in the face what? <laughs> I, I, I would punch Bolsonaro. Oh, right, right. I thought you were t- saying you would and punch me. I would me. punch supporters of Bolsonaro also in the face. I mean, that's a lot of people, but sure. I mean, would you not? <laughs> Probably should, yeah. You, you should definitely. But the point of the point that he was trying to make... Is that, look, as, as, as much as we try to be skeptics, right, about the liberal mainstream media narrative and so on there is with the whole russia affair russia gate scandal there is clearly a there there right something's going on and and you know it may not it will probably not end with impeachment as much as as it won't it won't end with impeachment you know right i i hate to you know put my own spin on this but i don't I don't fucking care if it ends in impeachment because the the truth of the American public has been laid bare. And while we once thought was you know this kind of benign ignorance, this a sort of knee jerk hatred of socialism, 
No, it's it's deeply ingrained. Okay, yeah, and and I hear you, and and I love you, but I have to say, I just I just want to point out that I I really don't have time for the motherfuckers <laughs> who go like. Oh, Trump is actually a good thing because he lays shit bare. No, it's I like mean, you're he's, you're he's not in a fucking cage, uh, uh, separated from your parents, right? You're not you're not an immigrant child, no, right? And absolutely, I like I I entirely agree with you on that. Um, we're getting off track, track, but honestly, we should probably go with this because this is a good off track. Is I don't I don't have time with that any more than I have uh, John Guido. <laughs> of uh, George Washington <laughs> University, which is where, it's just so I can point this out before we get even more off track, um, George Washington University is the uh, campus where the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank are located. Oh. Um, just, you know, draw the blanks there. But no, I absolutely agree with you. I don't I don't have time for this shit. We, we absolutely should not defend these people. Right. <laughs> point where I, I I mean I wish there were more white workers standing with us and if I meet you know my fellow white proletariat I will under the right circumstances try to educate them but no I don't I don't have any more fucking time for people that you know want to n-word this and n-word that and as I've stated multiple times just want to straight up you know call me a fag or whatever right. these are these are not people we should appeal to and these are <laughs> all right so we cut out for a few minutes before 150 that's why i wrote the time down Ooh. oh I yeah see it right there. well we censored my rant which i thought was pretty good you, you could have another go at it i mean uh do you have any idea where i cut off before Besides, you know uh, what you said. No man, something like under the right, under the right circumstances, and they would have you killed. And then I heard the word social conservatives, and then I kept trying to stop you, but I couldn't. All right. Well, you know what? Honestly. Guys, we may have cut out here, and she, you know, that's whatever. But what I'm trying to get to, uh, not with Venezuela, because we should probably come back to that and conclude. But what I'm trying to get to with fucking social conservatives within Brazil, within the United States, within the Pence administration, mm. is we should not actually concede to them i mean there is some education there is some education i think we can achieve i mean most people will probably see their self-interest within socialism that's you know the basic facts of the matter is when all the cards are on the table well you're gonna go with the bigger bet mm. and that's you know someone having a little bit of everything but until then they're gonna appeal to this notion that you know all black people are lazy, they're cheats, they're, you know, whatever you can ascribe to the N-words. All Mexicans are just coming across the border with fucking Al-Qaeda, Al-Nusra, <laughs> fucking just Al-Shabaab. Uh, Official Al-Nusra prayer mats. Yeah. 
official uh, news and permits. I mean, if they were with the Houthis, I would welcome them with open <laughs> arms. Um, long live Saeed al-Houthi. Uh, long live Alitalia Khomeini. But these people are just, they're not going to stop at these exclusions of these various groups. I mean, honestly, the log cabin Republicans <laughs> must know this at some point. They're going to they're gonna turn them back to you know white people like me where they're like oh yeah you like man and well yeah okay you fucking fag uh get back in your fucking camp uh we're gonna be back with the pink triangles and once i guess that i mean where where do they stop and that that's what we're gonna see in venezuela because that is the latin american right that is the North American. That is at heart probably the Euro, right? It's just, just fucking. I resent the, that, but yeah. The other. I resent the implication that, that at heart cannot. it's all Europe, but fine. Uh, it's it's let's, probably let's, all let's, Europe. Let's say that it's better. It's politically. It looks I better. Mean, you're a, you're yeah. a Catholic. It's definitely all Europe. <laughs> like by your own logic. By your, did you just by your logic me, <laughs> you asshole? <laughs> I by your logic, you. It, it's uh, all you. You cannot, you cannot tell me that the uh, first bishop or whatever is in fucking Rome, and that you don't want to stone me. You know something that that I l absolutely love out of Joseph Ratzinger, is that he once said that. Fucking liberation theology was. We're not even gonna call him the Pope. He's nah, he's fucking. Is that he is? Pope. Is Would that you? a fucking liberation theology was wrong for Latin America? You know why? You know what the argument, the actual argument he made, was that it's it was colonial. It it came from from Europe, so therefore it was a colonial imposition on Latin America, and it didn't apply, and we shouldn't try to apply it. Which is a f fascinating position to take. Hey, huh? Especially as a Pole. No, he's a German. Ratzinger is a German one. You're you're thinking of Karl oh, Mutila. He's a German. Yeah, Benedict the uh, Sixteenth. He was not. He he was Jesus, a Hitler damn, Hitler youth. He's from fucking Bavaria. Yeah, he's, he's a he. The, the yes. Oh <laughs> uh, wow, it's fucking literally Catholic church back yes. in the fucking Stone Age. <laughs> and. It's a fascinating position to take because it Wait, kind of implies that that Jesus was so I, some I, sort I'm of Nahuatleca um, <laughs> fucking indigenous can man I, can from the, uh, <laughs> from Puebla. Huh? Right now? Can I read this Wikipedia Go paragraph off. right now? Ratzinger's family, especially his father, bitterly resented mm. the Nazis. Ah, okay. And his father's opposition to Nazism resulted in demotions and harassment of the family. Can you imagine being so upset over Nazis that you got demoted instead of fucking, like, thrown in Auschwitz? <laughs> Following his 14th birthday in 1941, Ratzinger was conscripted into the Hitler Youth as membership was a law. But was an unenthusiastic member who refused to attend meetings. According to his brother, I don't actually mm -mm. believe that. I don't think it's 
Uh, I'm not going to dismute. He, he, <laughs> I don't know if you know this about this guy. I mean, we will do a whole episode, but he, he was the head of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, which is, as you may know, the, the modern day name for the fucking Inquisition. Right? He was personally in charge of persecuting liberation theology and aiding the Contras. Right? So, fuck this guy. And, and, and it, it, again, it's a f- no, I mean, I'm not even going to beat the, the rest of it. I, I honestly, like, and this is, for your sake, I'm going to disregard the fact that I have serious problems with the Catholic No, I mean, I, I, so do I. I mean, I, I, I was actually thinking of of maybe dedicating an episode or, or a solo episode to, to to talking about this shit because uh, I don't want to give anyone no, the wrong I mean, idea. Like I, I, I love I love liberation theology shit, but I am fully aware, as you know, um, I recently have, you know, I, I guess the, the theological term is a crisis. Well, I don't know if it's theological. Fuck it. The th- the correct term is a is a crisis because of this fucking of a huge well, uh, 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 a huge in a great jihad kind of way scandal involving Jesuits and progressive Jesuits and here in Mexico and I'm and I had somehow I, I told you about this I had I had come to rationalize um, being ad- adhering to, to the Catholic faith and the Catholic Church by segmenting right like the good guys from the bad guys and and turns out some of the people I considered good guys they they are as much monsters as anyone else so no i mean brad singer is a piece of shit and i would say maybe a war criminal <sighs> um i i i, I do you, love the i don't have any evidence <laughs> to back that up but i just want to assume he's a war criminal because that's you know a fucking i, I do love the the accu- the fucking catholic establishment accusing a, a, a current within it of being colonial you know you know because 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 catholicism uh, is absolutely. so indigenous american <laughs> just we never just like spread this faith by murdering everyone. But no, I do. I do want to call him a war criminal, and not because of you know World War Two, but because in 2006, if you remember, he straight up said, and I have this quote on me. You will not believe this, but I do have it on me. Um, he said, "Show me what Berham, what Muhammad brought." that was new and you will find things that are only evil and human and this is in 2006 when the united states is enacting this grand war on terror and he accuses the uh muslim religion shortly after the search if i'm not mistaken the search was 2005 right something like that yeah yeah and he's accusing the uh religion of islam of only spreading the uh, their religion by the sword, which is really hilarious for any any Catholic right. to do <laughs> ever. Is hey, maybe you should spread your uh, religion peacefully. 
Yeah, I mean, which, the, the whole... You know, it's big tentative Catholicism, which the, is... The whole, um, the whole notion you know, of never... adhering to, to mainstream Catholicism and, like, oh, 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 liking oh, oh, children is, is darkly hilarious on its own, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, that is absolutely hilarious. As, uh, the Catholics, or the Catholic Church does uh, really do, really does like their children a lot. Hey. Um we did it uh, il papa as it were benedict the uh fucking needs to be guillotined to be <laughs> um i will not apologize for that um he was incredibly sensitive towards the uh, state mm. of israel but, you know, again, the prophet Muhammad only brought things by the sword, which the state of Israel has never no, done. No, no, I, I, I believe. <laughs> oh, it is absolutely. It, we are so off topic right now, but this is perfect. We need to keep this in a second. Episode. I mean, real talk, we should probably put put this, this one episode to bed and maybe think about maybe recording the other one to, tonight or regrouping or whatever but I really have to go to a bathroom so <laughs> uh, do you want to do it in I may I may but you know any, as, as we said listen to it's, I mean we're two hours in like I'm either gonna play Fallout 4 yeah. or talking to you Fucking so. listen to my favorite mutiny maybe I could play Fallout 4 yeah that's an idea no Hold hold the fucking phone. We just do episode like seven. It's just me playing Fallout Four. Look, guys. Should yeah. I figure out do it. Do that quick? while I'm on the bathroom. And this has been this machine kills fascist. All right. And log yeah. out of this. All right. So, um, guys, I do want to say this. This is this machine kills fascists, and Alejandro has left me. <laughs> <laughs>